Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. And this is a special edition. We're going to do a college preview. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, and I am joined by special guest today, Evan Ultimus. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, Marco. How are you? Uh, great football's just around the corner we're in preseason action now and college football gets fired up on September 3rd and I don't know about you Evan but uh, college football is one of my absolute favorite sports Uh, I look forward to college football every year Uh, it's a situation where you got all week to break down the games to you know to get your attack assault ready for the weekend and uh, I love college football one thing about college football is that you know those first couple weeks you know a lot of handicappers you know it's a different type of handicap because you know you're handicapping on speculation and uh, how do you attack the the beginning of uh, the season with your handicapping style well I think one of the best things to do whenever uh, trying to attack a a new situation is to look at what happened in the past so I went back and looked at uh, week one results from last year in college football. And uh, one thing I noticed is that double-digit underdogs were a point spread monster. Uh, they went something like 14-6-1 against the spread in uh, week one. And I thought about it, and I think the main reason for that is that you have uh, you have a team that's capable of blowing out their opponent if they're a double-digit favorite, and there's no, uh, there, there's no situational factors. They're motivated. It's the first game. They want to come out strong. So you, they're bringing their best effort, and uh, they, they just pummel some of these teams. So I think uh, that's one, one great situation to take, take advantage of. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as teams uh, in college football, and the beginning of the season is a little early to think about that, but, uh, you know, we found in the last several years that uh, later in the season, as teams are jockeying for position uh, in the rankings, uh, it goes back to some of those scores, uh, you know, throughout the year, and those blowouts, uh, you know, add weight to, you know, the polling system. And it's sad that college football has gotten to that state, but until we actually get a playoff system, that's what we got to deal with. Well, I think that's a great point, and uh, one game in particular that proves that point might be uh, Texas's first game of the year. Right now, they're an over 40-point favorite, and uh, you have to think that in the back of Mac Brown's head, he's going to remember last year when he was uh, stiffed from playing in the national championship game. So you can be sure every chance he gets this year, he's going to be looking to run up the score. You know, and in, in seasons past, uh, you know, when you had the early going of college football, I felt that uh, dogs, you know, had chances in the early going because, you know, it was early. Teams, you know, weren't clicking on all cylinders and you didn't have that blowout factor for, you know, needing it for the polls. And a lot of times when teams would get big leads, you know, coaches would make, you know, be prepared for later in the season in case they did lose key players and you'd get a lot of the you know the bench guys in you know in these early games uh where you know they were going to dominate you know so many teams you know early in the season schedule what I like to say like the little sisters of the poor where you know they can gain confidence for their own team you know get all the kinks worked out before they get into the meat of their conference schedules but you know now it's cutthroat it's pedal to the metal all the time it seems and you know I think that's especially true for some of these first-year coaches like look at Lane Kiffin he would love to come out and lay the lumber and blow out uh, Western Kentucky. Now, the only question is, does he have the, the personnel uh, and everything 
in place to do that. Um, but you know, if he would, if he has the choice, he's going to run up the score. Well, moving along, what we're going to do in this preview show is we want to give you a little bit of an overview on some of the different teams and talk about some of the, you know, the perennial powerhouses and what we can expect this year. And, uh, you know, if they're going to live up to expectations, but we're also going to look at some things from a betters, you know, as perspective, um, as we were talking before we came on air, there are a lot of preview shows out there where they're going to talk about the teams and we're all about sports betting and where the value is going to be, but you can't help but look at these teams and, you know, map out the season and, you know, and see where they're going to be. And I guess the, you know, where else to start, but with the Florida Gators and, you know, unquestionably you know this team entering the 2009 season is about as strong as you can possibly have a college football team I mean they're bringing back the entire uh, team on offense uh, you know which was you know scary uh, you know excuse me the entire defense and their offense returns seven players you know led by Tim Tebow who can stop Florida you know, I, I really don't think anyone can, but um, every time we say that about one of these powerhouse teams, they always end up losing. I mean, look at USC a few years ago against Texas in the national championship game. Uh, just looking at their schedule, though, uh, the roughest stretch they have um, is in October. They play at LSU, uh, then Arkansas, a break at Mississippi State, and then uh, against Georgia in what used to be uh, the biggest cocktail party. Uh, in the world but um, Georgia you know presents a challenge for them but really Georgia LSU maybe Arkansas is a sleeper team uh, they're really the only only thing that stands in their way uh, Florida is also lucky they play Tennessee uh, the third week of the year so they're going to get Tennessee with uh, without much experience in Lane Kiffin's new system right uh, situation that uh, I see looking at the schedule to me um, this is a team that really should go into the SEC championship game undefeated and to me the only game that they could face a true test would be uh, October 10th at LSU that's the only game on the schedule that I see them having a problem with I, I agree for the most part. I think Georgia might be tough. I think Georgia is going to be kind of a sleeper team in the SEC this year. They have a dominant offensive line returning. Uh, Sturdivant, uh, after getting injured last year on uh, left tackle, he's going to be back. And uh, they lose uh, Moreno and, of course, uh, their quarterback, Matthew Stafford. But I think that's why they're going to be a sleeper team. Look at uh, what Tennessee did uh, when Peyton Manning left. They won the national championship the next year with T. Martin. So, uh, they might catch Florida by surprise. Um, the only concern with Florida, though, when they played Alabama last year in the SEC championship game, Alabama was leading that that game uh, pretty late. So uh, Florida can be beat. Um, you know, you kind of wonder if they're going to keep their motivation up the whole way through the year, though. That's the one thing that in college football, there's no question. Emotion is is a key factor in handicapping and for these young kids to keep that level of intensity the entire year I mean look last year I mean they lost the game you know to Mississippi and Mississippi's a team that we're going to talk about a little bit later in this in this podcast but uh, you know they lost a the game there that nobody gave them a chance of losing so anything can happen but they are the team to beat and one thing they got a coach in you know Urban Meyer that uh, you know this guy's all business uh, we saw what he did at Utah you know brought that program to you know national uh, prominence and you know he's brought the florida program back in, you know to the top level in a very short time 
Uh, moving on to what probably everybody else feels is the uh, second uh, best team in uh, college football this year, and that, that's got to be Texas. I don't know how you feel, but uh, the Texas Longhorns, uh, they look dangerous once again. And, they're, you know, they're coming out of that Big 12, uh, you know, conference. And, you know, the theme was all offense, no defense in that, the, that conference last year. Uh, what do you make of the Texas Longhorns this year? I think Texas is going to be uh, absolutely dominant. Uh, Colt McCoy has gotten even uh, stronger in the offseason, bigger. Uh, he has all his weapons back. But more importantly, he has uh, four offensive linemen, uh, four starters returning on the offensive line, which is going to be huge. I can't see anyone stopping them, uh, stopping their offense. Uh, their defense, you know, they, they do only have uh, two return, excuse me, three returning starters um, on the front seven. So that's a concern. But I just think they're going to put up too many point, too many points for uh, anyone to keep uh, keep the games close with them. Uh, I agree with you. And, and if there was a team that was playing with a chip on their shoulder this year, you got to feel that it, it is the Texas Longhorns because, uh, you know, as you alluded to earlier, this team feels that they got royally screwed last year. And uh, you know, when you play with a chip on your shoulder, that that motivation itself can lead you, you know, for a very big year. And I, I expect big things out of the Texas Longhorns this year. Well, if you look at their schedule, their only real test is going to be at Oklahoma State. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be a little down this year. Uh, Missouri is obviously going to be a little down. Uh, but really, I mean, they play at Baylor, but they, sh- they should easily win that. And Kansas and, and Texas A&M aren't going to present any problems. I mean, their non-conference schedule is UL Monroe, Wyoming and Central Florida. So it's not exactly a powerhouse non-conference schedule. That Oklahoma State game, the key factor there is that is the third game of a three-game stretch for them in which they do um, the Red River shootout at uh, play Oklahoma on October 17th, which no matter you know if Oklahoma is down – some this year which I agree with you um, that's still a monster game for them and then they got to come right back the next Saturday and travel into Missouri Missouri's down this year but you know Big 12 playing on the road after a big game that's always a dangerous spot and then to come right back and have to play on the road again you know in essence it's like three road games in a row even though the the Oklahoma game you know is, is a neutral game uh that Oklahoma State game could be a troublesome spot for them. I, I agree, and I also think uh, just from a point spread pers- perspective, the Missouri game could be a, a great chance to take Missouri because that's a sandwich game, and in college football sandwich games are always great to look at to take, and they're going to be a huge favorite at Missouri. And by that point, whoever uh, ends up being the starting quarterback uh, with Missouri – they're going to have you know half the season to get get settled and uh, get everything established. Absolutely, but if they get through that three game stretch, it it's clear sailing until their their annual game uh, Thanksgiving weekend against Texas A and M, and you know and Texas A and M definitely has not posed too much of a threat the last several years. So uh, Texas, big things from them. The question mark uh, when we come into this next team, and they're a perennial powerhouse, we're going to go to the Pac-10, and we're going to look at Southern Cal. And, you know, every year Pete Carroll, you know, continues to do a good job. Uh, when they lose, you know, players, you know, they're, they're able to reload. I mean, they got a great recruiting class year in, year out. But this year's a little bit different for uh, Pete Carroll because not only has he got to reload players – 
he's got to reload some coaches. He lost some key coaches this year. And, you know, that's going to be a situation that not only has he got to break in a new quarterback this year, um, you know, with Sanchez signing with the Jets, he's, you know, got to worry about, you know, some coaching, uh, uh, you know, reloading the coaching staff. How do you think that's going to affect them this year? I think it's going to, going to affect them a little bit. Um, on offense, I actually expect them to be pretty solid. I think they're going to be one of the best offenses, uh, maybe one of the top ten offenses in the country. They return uh, four out of five starters on the offensive line. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, they're going to be able to run all over the field. Uh, Aaron Corp was projected to be the starter, the sophomore, but he actually got injured in camp. And uh, now uh, all reports suggest that Matt Barkley, the freshman, is going to be the starting quarterback. Everyone's raving about him. Uh, some sources have said that they're kind of happy that uh, Barkley is going to be the starter. They expect uh, big things out of him. He's going to be the next uh, star at USC. Uh, absolutely. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, the one thing that's going to be, you know, a tough point for Southern Cal with the new quarterback is they're going to have to go in there. And, and it's great that they got that offensive line. I mean, they actually bring back nine out of 11 starters uh, on this team. The key is going to be, I think, and set the tone for the entire season is September 12th, second game of the season. You got to go to Ohio State huge revenge game for Ohio State um, you know that's going to be a tough assignment I think you know if Pete Carroll would have you know made the schedule he he might have had that game a, a couple games down the ladder where you know he got the new quarterback you know feet wet I mean it's going to be a hostile environment going you know into Columbus uh, early September it is no doubt and one thing uh, I look at in that game is uh, last season's game uh, against USC when Ohio State put in Terrell Pryor they really uh, played them tough. Uh, Pryor had a great deal of success, even though that was at the beginning of the season. Uh, he's such an X factor um, that he can lead his team to victory by himself. And USC only returns three starters on defense. They lost all that talent to the NFL draft. And uh, it's going to be tough for them playing on the road in a hostile environment with a freshman quarterback. All he has to do is throw one pick six, and that could change the whole outcome of the game. Absolutely. Uh, I think Southern Cal, you know, as far as the Pac-10 goes, you know, they're going to be there. Um, as far as national championship goes, uh, I don't think they're going to be in the mix uh, at the end of the year. And I think that first game's going to, you know, have a – because the thing is, if they lose right out of the gate, you know, to Ohio State, we saw how that game affected Ohio State last year. It took them, you know, a while to get, you know, it seemed like they were in a funk early in the season last year. And, you know, you lose that first game and you you think that your national championships, you know, hopes are gone. Uh, we know that you can get back in it. But it is better to lose early than to lose late. That's for sure uh, if you're going to be a one-loss team. But uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, weekend, the second uh, Saturday of September. Uh, moving on to the next team uh, that I've got, we're going to go back to the Big 12 in uh, Oklahoma. Year in, year out, Oklahoma, uh, you know, a lot of expectations. You know, Stoops has done a fantastic job at Oklahoma, except for one thing. He, he, he just can't get it done in the bowl games. And, uh, you know, this team, year in, year out, you know, they're, it seems like they're playing in the Big 12 championship game, and then they're going to a bowl game, and something just goes terribly wrong. And uh, I just, you know, I don't think that this team um, 
has it. They're going to be, you know, highly ranked all year. But when push comes to shove, um, you know, they're, they've got the quarterback back, but they're really only bringing back five people on offense, and I have them only returning two linemen. So I don't think the offense is going to roll as, you know, frequently as it did last year. The good news is, well, maybe good news, they're bringing back nine defensive players from last year's squad. That's the good news. The bad news is that defense gave up 21 points or more 10 times last year. So, you know, is that actually good or bad? Well, I think it's a little of both, but the biggest key is they were ranked 99th in the country in passing defense last year, and this year they have to face Colt McCoy, Todd Reesing. Uh, they have to face Nebraska, who's a, a good passing team, obviously Texas Tech. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State I can't see them getting through that schedule with all those great quarterbacks undefeated it's just not going to happen the offense isn't going to be strong enough last year the offense just had to outscore every opponent uh, in order to win the defense is not going to carry this team uh, to a national title this year um, I agree with you there um, another team that's uh, you know got a lot of preseason ink and uh I kind of agree that they're going to end up in the mix, uh, but for a different reason. Uh, Penn State, um, out of the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten to me this year, there's really only two teams in the Big Ten, and that's Penn State and Ohio State. And uh, Penn State, even though they lost a lot of players, uh, you know, Joe Pa, you know, he always recruits well, reloads very well. Uh, this team has what I feel – may be one of the easiest schedules in all of college football this year. They no doubt have an easy schedule. Um, I, I'm not as high on Penn State as other people. Um, you know, I, I look at the offensive line, and they, they return two starters, but I think the thing that made them tick last year were the, those playmakers on offense, uh, and they lost both of uh, their best uh, wide receivers, and they used so, so many plays to spread the field with them. Uh, they return two off, uh, two defensive linemen, but I think the the Big Ten is going to be a little tricky this year. I think there's some teams that are going to sneak up on some people, and uh, we can talk about them later. But uh, just you know, right now, I would say Iowa and Illinois, and uh, even Minnesota, and you know possibly Michigan could could give them some trouble. So I could see them ending the season with about three losses. That's uh, that's a pretty bold statement because most most people have this team as a one or two loss team at you know at best, and everybody has the you know the one game circled on November seventh, uh, day after my birthday, uh, the Ohio State Penn State game, and they get the luxury of uh, you know playing the Happy Valley, so you know that's a huge advantage to Penn State. They do, but Terrell Pryor is such a winner, and just seeing what he did last year at Wisconsin in a hostile environment. I think uh, obviously Ohio State's going to have revenge on on their mind in that game, and uh, Ohio State has uh, beaten Penn State before it at at a, in Happy Valley, and I, I could see them doing it again this year. Well, let's that would be a great segue. Let, let's go ahead and go to uh, you know Columbus and talk about Ohio State, and no question, Ohio State, you know, their season's going to start and stop with the quarterback position and. Terrell Power, he's absolutely the real deal. And I had the luxury, um, you know, I was still back in Pittsburgh when he was a senior in high school. And this kid, you know, he played like 20 minutes from my house and uh, absolute freak. <laughs> the, I, I've never seen a high school, you know, player that just was so dominant over everybody else. And he's brought that to, you know, to Columbus. And, um, 
uh, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just check out his highlights, his high school highlights on YouTube. It's it's amazing what he did, almost Reggie Bush like stuff. Um, he he can really carry this team himself. They're always going to be strong on defense at Ohio State, but they've never had that playmaker. Uh, granted, they don't have uh, many uh, returning starters on offense, only four, but you don't need many uh, when, when he's the quarterback. Uh, they have three returning starters on the offensive line, and I just see them uh, really dominating the Big Ten this year. They should. Um, interesting, their season opener is against Navy, and you know Navy's one of those teams that uh, you know can pose problems for you know defensive coordinators because they run an offense that you just don't see you know very often, and you know. The good point is they've got all of the, you know, August to prepare for it. So they catch a break in, you know, you don't have to go one week preparation. They're going to be preparing for it. But the bad part is who they play the following week. And they're definitely going to have one eye to the following week with that big revenge game to Ohio State. Well, just being from the Naval Academy, I saw enough of their games to uh, get a feel for how this team is. Uh, I look back to their uh, one of their bowl games uh, against Boston College. Uh, they they caught them by surprise. They were leading at half, leading uh, in the in the second half. And uh, Boston College, phys- uh, they just had a physical advantage and just wore them down in the second half. I could see Navy sticking around um, in the first half. You know, maybe trailing by a touchdown. Uh, but Ohio State's uh, they're just they have bigger and faster athletes. And Pryor's just going to run all through that defense. They have no one that can stop him. Uh, and also, Navy has a freshman quarterback or a, a first-year starter at quarterback. And with their triple option offense, it's so essential to have a good uh, decision-maker back there. And playing uh, your first game on the road at Ohio State's never an easy task. Uh, it's not. And, and a good point um, in handicapping when we were talking about, you know, how do you handicap early in a season? And things that you do look at is types of offenses, um, quarterbacks that are coming back, if a particular college has a new coach and they're, they're learning a new scheme. And one thing about, as you said, running that triple option, that is purely a timing type offense and you know you can practice and practice all you want but you do not get game speed in practice and that's something that these teams sometimes do struggle in that first or second game because they don't have the timing down yet well and especially with the triple option offense it's all predicated on the quarterback you can have average players around you but if you have a good quarterback he makes good decisions he sees the holes you have an inexperienced quarterback he's going to rush his decisions not know uh if he should pitch or not uh, make poor decisions, you know, and one one or two fumbles, and that's two touchdowns the other way uh, pretty quick. Absolutely. I'm going to uh, mention one other team because uh, at the end of the podcast, we're going to give a selection. And this team that I'm going to talk about is going to be uh, the team that I'm actually going to give a pick on. I'm going to give a win uh, total selection. And in the SEC, a team that's getting – a lot of preseason ink from a lot of experts is Old Miss. And people are really high on this team. And, you know, and it's good reason. They finished the season last year uh, winning uh, the final six games of the season, and a couple of them were in blowout fashion. Uh, you know, they throttled uh, LSU, but at the end of the year last year, Evan, uh, LSU was in total disarray. 
Uh, so I don't put as much stock in that. And then uh, they're in the Egg Bowl, their annual rivalry against Mississippi State. Uh, they crushed them 45, you know, nothing. And Mississippi State was nothing last year. And uh, they went ahead and in the bowl game, uh, you know, drilled a Texas Tech team, which, you know, Texas Tech, uh, you know, I wouldn't say drill them. They put up 47 points against them, but they gave up 34. Um, Texas Tech was just a team that, you know, after at the end of the season, whenever they they choked down the stretch for the, you know, the Big 12 uh, championship and that, I just think that team lost all of its momentum. And these people, Houston McNutt, uh, or Houston Nutt, I'm sorry, uh, second-year coach there, you know, great coach all those years at Arkansas. You know, he brought his winning attitude there, and they had a great year last year. But I think the expectations on them this year, just a little bit too high. You know, they were a doormat for so long. Uh, they snuck up on some people last year. They did get momentum at the end of the season, but they were playing on teams that I feel packed it in at the end of the season. And I don't think they're going to do as well as everybody thinks they're going to do. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to give uh, you know my projection uh, on the win total, and it's going to be a bet that I've already made. What What are your thoughts on Mississippi? I think Mississippi is one of the most overrated teams heading into this season. If you look at their schedule last year, they closed with Auburn, UL Monroe, a down LSU team, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech, who, by the way, was playing with a very banged-up Michael Crabtree. Uh, they they are going to be good this year. They they're probably I could see them, you know, having similar, maybe le- a few less wins from last year. But the difference between Ole Miss and teams like Alabama and LSU is depth. They don't have the same depth as those teams, so you have a few players go down, and they're really going to struggle. Uh, so, Houston Nutt, uh, he he did a good job turning uh, the program around, but they still don't have enough depth to compete with the other powerhouses at the same level. And uh, if you look at their uh, some uh, some places have point spreads on their games later in the year, they're being priced like Alabama and LSU would, and I think that's that's uh, way too much respect for them. Uh, I agree with you totally. Um, I've been throwing the teams out to you, Evan. Those are the teams that I uh, wanted to preview. Is there any teams that I haven't mentioned that you got some strong thoughts on you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, there, there's two uh, two ways to look at it at the start of the year. There's uh, which teams do you think are going to have value and which and overrated uh, going into the year, and then also uh, season over under win totals. Uh, one team that I have my eye on that I think is going to be one of the best point spread teams uh, this year is Arkansas. They return so many starters back, uh, but also they get uh, Michigan transfer Ryan Mallett at quarterback. Uh, Bobby Petrino did a good job with this team last year, and they had almost every one of their losses in the SEC were by single digits. So this is a team poised for a huge breakout year. They have uh, starters back uh, in almost every position. They have a a good quarterback that fits Petrino's system, and I look for this team uh, to really uh, be a point spread uh, power as a uh, underdog against some of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, very good um, analysis there and breakdown of the team. Uh, they definitely flew under the radar last year. Um, you know, first year under Bobby Petrino and. They've got 17 starters coming back, so uh, that definitely looks for a team to improve. Uh, you know, good value there. Would you be saying, uh, you know, take a wager on, uh, you know, over the win total on this team? I would definitely take them over the win total. I think that's one of the best total uh, selections you can make. 
uh, because they got five wins last year. And uh, this year they have non-conference games against Troy, Eastern Michigan. Uh, they play Texas A&M uh, and Missouri State. Uh, there's no reason why they can't beat Auburn, uh, challenge Ole Miss. Uh, they should beat Mississippi State. So, you know, they could easily win six games or more. Okay. Well, I am going to, uh, for my pick in selection, is uh, I'm going to go back to that Mississippi team. And the win total for Mississippi is nine wins for the season. And I am going to take Mississippi under that total. I think there's just far too much hype on this team. Uh, I don't see them getting to that uh, nine-win plateau. So betting the under with Mississippi, I think, is an outstanding play. Uh, Evan, uh, you got uh, another win total you'd like to tell us about? Another strong uh, win total that I looked at is West Virginia under eight and a half wins. Uh, I think that they're really going to be a down team. Uh, they lost Pat White last year, and uh, they they only returned four starters on offense, and uh, they but only one on the offensive line. Uh, I just think that they didn't make a good uh, selection with their head coach. Uh, Bill Stewart made, I think he lost at least one game for them last year, specifically the game at Colorado. Uh, he, he was a horrible hire for them. Uh, they should never, the administrator should have never listened to the players. And I could see them really uh, tailing off. In the, and once this team starts losing, uh, I could see them just going into the tank as the year progresses. Um, that's a good observation. And, and I've seen so many times, Evan, when you have a program like West Virginia that wasn't a prominent program and then evolved into a prominent program, then lose the coach that brought them into prom, you know, prominence, that they seem that first year while the guy's gone, you know, you still have his players and a, you know, and a carryover effect where you'll see the biggest drop off on a program like that is in year two. Um, and so that's a great observation. And I agree with you on the West Virginia. Uh, any other teams you'd like to talk about? Uh, just a few more teams uh, to look out for this year. Iowa, I think they're going to be a, a sleeper team and a point spread monster. They return uh, Richard Stanzi as their starting quarterback, and they have one. They should have one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten. Uh, Rutgers, they're going to have one of the best offensive lines uh, probably in the entire country. Uh, Nebraska, uh, Stanford, Illinois, uh, Northwestern, and Minnesota, I think those are uh, some teams – they could really sneak up on people and uh, be good point spread teams this season. Well, that's all good stuff, Evan. And um, I want to thank you for you know joining us today. And you know you've been a great addition here at uh, pregame.com. Um, you're in there in the forums all the time, and uh, you're one of the first guys into the uh, hottie hunter section every day to comment on the uh, uh, the pitcher of the day, and that that's always fun stuff. But you know, not only that, I mean, you're you're in the forums, and again, pregame. Com. One of the things we pride ourselves on is, you know, obviously we're here to sell picks, but we give you guys so much information for free. You know, we share thoughts, things like these podcasts and in the forums. And the one thing that you just don't get at the other sites is we interact with the customers. I mean, where else can you actually talk to handicappers? Uh, Evan, you're in the forums all the time. You know, I'm in there, you know, and all of our cappers interact. If you have a question, sometimes, you know, people will throw a question in there and say, Evan, you know, how about this? Or, you know, and we go back in there and we, you know, we answer it. And you just don't get that anywhere else. And that's something I'm very proud of here at pregame.com. And uh, Evan, what are your thoughts? 
I think that's a great point, Marco. And also, there's some really sharp people in the forum. I use stuff in there all the time from some of the posters. Before I make selections in the morning or before the, the beginning of the football week, I'm going in there and looking at what people have to say, scanning them, seeing if I can get any uh, bits and pieces because uh, there's some real sharp handicappers in there. Absolutely. A great community we have. And, you know, check it out at pregame. Uh, dot com forms and uh this has been a sports betting preview special edition this was the college preview with evan ultimus and your host marco d'angelo uh we'll be back uh, with more big stuff here we'll be having an nfl preview show as well um before the nfl season kicks off as always thanks for joining us and good luck to you this football season <laughs>